So, we're back again for another episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Today, I'm with Maddie Kuchar. Did I, did I pronounce that right? Kuar. Kuar. Yep. Should I ask before we start the episode? Maddie Kuar. All right. Today, I'm with Maddie Kuar, and she is a real estate professional who specializes in sourcing land for builders and developers in Arizona. And it's funny. It's so I've been following Maddie for about a year now, and it's two things that I've noticed about her, right? One, she's like very into personal development, whether it's, you know, scripture, whether it's books that she's reading, she's always feeding her mind with something positive. And the second thing I noticed is, man, Maddie got swag. Like, sometimes if you just go to her IG, I know, because I feel like this a lot of times, I'm like, where did you get that from? Like, where do you get those dunks from? Where you get those J's from? Like, where did you get that from? So I'm glad that I could have Maddie in this episode. Thank you for having me. Honestly, I'm I'm very excited. I'm a little bit new to the podcast space, but um, inevitably, I love conversation and just being able to sit down and connect with people. So again, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm excited to have you on as well. So today we're going to talk a lot about your collegiate career, as well as how did you get into the real estate industry? And yeah, just kind of how, you know, college influenced your current career path and just your life in general. Sure. Um, so well, I guess I should maybe just start. Um, I'm originally from Nebraska. So coming from Nebraska, you know, it's very rural, um, that small town feel. I grew up with um, 200 kids in the entire high school and 32 wow. kids in my class. So with that being said, um, kids typically go to community college. So over 75% of my class stayed back in you know, rural Nebraska, decided to attend either a trade school or community college. I was one of five kids who decided to go to a four-year university and ended up attending the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. There I studied, um, I wanted to be a bilingual speech pathologist. Hmm. So um, the pathway through UNL was you got to get, um, you know, four years, your bachelor's of science, and then you're going to go on and get your master's degree. Well, I was about, I had a year and a half of school left knowing that there's no way I'm going to be a speech pathologist. I don't <laughs> wanna, I don't That's a tough job that. too. I, I took linguistics for, uh, okay. with, I took linguistics in college and one of the girls I took class with, that's end up, ended up what she wanted to be doing. So obviously okay. I studied with her so I could get a degree, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, that's a tough profession. You know, I, there's something for everybody. I, you know, it's a needed field, you know, at the end of the day, communication and language is how we communicate. It's, it's needed. We need to be able to converse amongst one another, but I just, it, it wasn't what inevitably was for me. And so, you know, I went to my advisor and I said, Hey, you know, this is not what I want to do is there any way that I can change my major? And she's like, yeah, you can change your major, but you're going to need a, you're going to be here for another two years. And I was like, nope. So 
I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick this out. I've already got loans in my name. I don't want to take out any more loans because I don't know what I want to do, you know? And I feel like that's what a lot of kids, like we're faced with at such a young age to decide what we want to do. And it's like, you know, at that like when we're 17 years old, we, we're still going back and forth on so much. I can't believe that in this day and age, like, you need to figure out what you want to do at 17 years old because it doesn't work like that, you know? And throughout college, you know, I had, um, you know, played around in the entrepreneur world. One of my friends and I ended up, you know, we wanted, we started a, a clothing boutique. You know, I'm thankful for the experience. It didn't really work out. But from there, I knew like business, I, I, I like, I like that. And you know, when I think about it, I talked myself out of going to business because I was math. Math was the whole, all the whole thing that caught me up in high school. I was like, I can't do it. Like, you know, I got in my own way, got in my own head. And so what I did was, you know, I, like I said, I worked all throughout college. I was really blessed with some great jobs. I worked for the um, Nebraska's football team. I worked in recruiting. So I did that, but then I've always also worked with kids. So I was nannying on the side and I also knew I wanted to move to Arizona. So <laughs> my senior year of college, um, COVID hits in March of 2020, cut all classes. I'm like, I knew I was going to graduate at that point. So I just kept working and I made the move and jump out here to Arizona. And I've been, and I was working with kids all throughout that and ended up um, wanting to get my real estate license. And that is pretty much how I landed in the real estate space, but have not stuck with traditional real estate. And that's what's led me now into more of the investment side of real estate, sourcing land to builders and developers. Nice, nice. So I am curious, uh, just to backtrack a bit, because like, dang, oh. you you told me the whole life story already. I didn't know how it was supposed to or how it was. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I mean, I look at look at life, especially, you know, this podcast like sports. I'm a big basketball head. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what the place is, sometimes you gotta say, all right, we just gonna ISO Kobe because we know Kobe could get a bucket on anybody, no need to run the play. So, I mean, that's what you did. So we're going to pivot. But uh, just to back up a little bit, I am curious. So when you're in that mindset, when you you said you kind of stumbled over the fact of business because of, you know, the math involved, the numbers involved. And it's funny that you say that because one of uh, the brokers in my industry in finances, she's like severely dyslexic. She counts on her fingers and she makes six figures. She always tells people like, you know, you don't need to know everything far as like mathematic wise in order to be great in business. So when you kind of like made that pivot because of that, what made you backtrack now that you're obviously, you know, an entrepreneur, you, you know, in real estate, like what growth led to that, you know, realization that, all right, man, forget the math, like I got this. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, look at the courses that we're supposed to take in high school. Algebra, trigonometry, geometry, 
things that really don't translate into real life um you know where i mean you must know how to add subtract you better know how to multiply you know um things of that nature i i began to learn that numbers i i can't let numbers like things that were created just freak me out you know it it i'm not doing i'm not trying to do the whatever see that's what i mean i don't even remember what i learned in in high school <laughs> you know i forgot about that i was that kid i don't blame I you i did too algebra tests. like i forgot about that but um yeah i just i knew it was bigger than than that and I, I just, I got, I had to stop freaking myself out. Like literally it's getting in my own way, creating a, a dramatic scene that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. I mean, when you say dramatic scene, it's funny that you say that because there's a saying that I've learned in business uh, from several like mentors. And they always say that whatever you tell yourself, like you're going to believe, like whatever your mind wants to believe. Like if you think, you know, I'm a rock star, you're going to be a rock star. If you think, you know, I'm X, Y, Z, like whatever you feed your mind, you're, you're going, that's going to be your belief system. Right. So that's funny that you, you say that now. Also, another thing I'm curious about is Arizona. Mm -hmm. So me, I didn't, I never thought I would be in Arizona just because of the heat. I'm from DC. I'm, East Coast guy, like never thought I'd be there because of the heat. But I've noticed a lot of people like gravitate towards Arizona after college mm -hmm. for a multitude of reasons. And you're actually not the first person that I've met, whether it be through social media or like how we're now for the first time having a verbal conversation from Nebraska that went to Arizona. Mm -hmm. So what stood out about Arizona specifically? Because you already had that like all right, we're moving to Arizona, like on your mind. So I tend to be, I make a lot of decisions based on emotions and I had never visited Arizona four months, like I visited Arizona four months prior to me ending up out here. Uh, the last job that I had in college, the family that I was uh, working for had taken me out here and I knew when leaving Nebraska, I want to go somewhere warm. You know, Nebraska's cold nine months out of the year. Yeah. That seasonal depression is real. I just, I needed somewhere to come. I, I want to, I wanted to warm up and I didn't really know why I just want, I knew I just wanted to come somewhere to, to really warm up. And I never really knew why I ended up in Arizona out of all places but i was a part of a bible study and the book that we read was called the emotionally healthy leader hmm. and in that book you know who's that vibe by the way because I'm, I'm gonna have to like bookmark that later on oh got it on lock you love it skin. okay man um, look peter's casero peter casero all right i'm definitely gonna have to like put that to my cart or like that on amazon to get that it's it's great um but in there you know it writes god leads you out to the desert to separate you to allow you to to discover a purpose you know more of a meaning because i've been chasing that i've i've been trying to figure out why am i here you know what like really what am i supposed to do like i know that i love people i really do thrive off of you know serving others but it really wasn't until you know i had been here for a year 
to get clarity about why I ended up here. Cause I don't, I didn't come out here with any friends or family. I moved mm -hmm. out here just, Hey, I got approved for it at the time. I got approved for an apartment. I didn't need a co-signer. I'm out. <laughs> no. I feel you. No, I definitely feel you in that. Yeah. Like also to follow up that, cause I'm curious because I know I went through this, uh, personally, I only knew one person when I came out here, and that's one of my friends who already went to ASU. Uh, my first year out here, I lived with him, and then subsequently, I've lived by myself since since that I've been out here because this is my fourth year out here. Okay. Uh, like, did you get homesick at all? Because I've never been homesick until I moved out here. Not really. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of had to separate when i left nebraska i love my family i appreciate where i grew up but it wasn't always healthy you know my relationships with family growing up have not I, I, the example wasn't always healthy you know there's i i needed to come and and really figure out what works for me and what does normal actually feel like you know so and I've noticed too, like when I, when I'm, when the distance is there a little bit, I mean, we get along better, you know, my family doesn't quite understand. Like they, they look at me leaving sometimes as like me, just like avoiding my problems. I don't love them, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, if they understood like the bigger picture is, you know, I, I don't want to live like how we've always, you know, what we were taught. I don't really believe in it. It does. It doesn't really feel like it aligns with me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really working on the, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't, I just don't really, yeah, I don't really get homesick. Like that maybe sound bad. No, it doesn't. Like I'm just, I was just curious because like for me, I guess my distinction was, Arizona was urban like DC, mm -hmm. but everything was spread out. Like DC, everything is like on top of one another. Like it's fast paced. Like you can get that anywhere through the metro bus. Yeah. Uh, with Kentucky, where I stayed at for college four years, everything was right there. So it was like 30K plus students, but it was a college town. Like I never once thought, oh, like I miss my mom. Like I was just focused on that environment. So I think being at ASU where ASU was a spread out school where like they had multiple campuses, you know, it's within the city. I guess that aspect of it made me homesick early on. Mm -hmm. Took a minute to get uh, adjusted to. But I guess the biggest thing that I want to hit on that you said, and it's something that has been said to me multiple times recently is that the old you won't make new money. Mm -hmm. So I think you realize something that I feel like out of all the conversations I've had with, you know, my peers or just people in business, a lot of people don't realize that at a young age. I mean, if you want to say a young age, because people put age on a lot of things uh, <laughs> that you realize, okay, this environment is going to lead me to where I want. And if, you know, you got to correct me if I'm saying this wrong, coo, 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 Kuar, yeah. Kuar, if the Kuar family keeps doing this, then we're going to keep having the same generational curses. Like I have to do 
the unconventional if I want to break the trend and like get the ball rolling on how I want it, how future generations of our family names want to have it. Exactly. And I think I, I bet you could probably relate to this too. I mean, did if you had to become pretty independent at a younger age, it doesn't seem, you know, as scary when you're taught to really figure things out and no, I got this, you know, you, you're inevitably, it just comes, I'm good. I'm always, I'm, I'm going to be good. So I've just really had to lean on that because, you know, it is times where like, I get lonely. I feel like, you know, I feel like we all probably feel like, damn, I'm doing this myself, but we're all going through it. And I think it's just all, all about, you know, your perspective of, hey, I'm going through this for a reason. There's a season for everything. I'm here. If I, I, I wouldn't be given anything that I couldn't conquer or break through. So I just have to, I have to remember that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I quote business a lot, but uh, another broker in our firm, he was like small thing to a giant. Like that's what he reminds himself when he is going through stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you let your circumstances like define you, then you'll always be in that same spot. But you, like you said, you got to realize that, okay, things are going to get better. Like this is only a season that I'm going through and that, you know, on the other side is something special. Like, it sounds corny, but I remember I used to tell myself uh, this a while ago, you know, after every storm, there's a rainbow. True. So it's it's going to happen. Like after every storm, there's a rainbow. Mm-hmm. So in order to get to the rainbow, you got to go through the storm. Right. So that's how I, uh, that's how I look at it. So uh, also, man, I'm going way back, but I meant to ask this earlier. Uh, what made you pick University of Nebraska? Was it just to be at an in-state school or like? I just knew like, I mean, it was the University of Nebraska, you yeah. know, like I, from where I just knew that's where I'm going. And I just, I never, I never had any interest of going anywhere out of state. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to go to UNO. And that was pretty much the pathway forward. What What is that campus like? Because... I know Cornhuskers, big football school, like far as like tradition wise, like how was that like campus experience? I would say. Yeah, um, big campus. It's beautiful. You know, of course, like dorms on campus. The football stadium is right, is connected to literally the school. So <laughs> it, it how like the, the layout of it is honestly amazing where, you know, I know some schools layout like layouts are, I mean, the football team, the school is here and maybe um, the cafe is here, but practice is all the way over there where everything's very central. So super easy access. Um, there's a, quite a few students that go and, you know, we really, we don't have any pro teams or so like yeah. college sports is, I mean, that's what gets the hype. And especially, you know, I mean, when we're good, it makes it a lot better. Football's been struggling a little bit. Um, volleyball's been the um, saving, saving grace, but you know, it, the atmosphere is good. People really go hard for the, for the end. Throw the bones, man. Throw <laughs> the bones. Hey, when you... That's what we do. hey you saying that reminds me of how like people view me whenever i'm screaming big blue nation about anything kentucky related Mm -hmm. they're like man you don't stop talking about kentucky but 
you know, when you go to a big school, that's a college town. That's like you wear it on your sleeve. You're like, I don't care if we're good. I don't care if we're bad. Like, that's my school. So exactly. So like how you say you on the, I guess you say non-traditional side or not as known side of, you know, real estate, which is the investment side. When you were looking to get into real estate, what made you choose, you know, that side where it, you know, involves, you know, sourcing land, if that's the term for it? Yeah, I I guess to, I got into real estate, I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read that and I remember reading that. It was my sophomore year of college and I read it. It made an impact on me, didn't really do too much with it. So the book didn't really, you know, come to life in my life until I came out here and knew, I mean, when I first got out to Arizona, let me start there, I was working like DHHS kids and, you know, just like hourly wage, you know, you're working for the state, it's not the great, the greatest pay. And so I knew, you know, like, I gotta make a, I gotta make a transition here. What do, what do you really love to do? And so I really had to break it down from there. Like, I love people. I really do love human interaction. And so I, I had to find a career that was going to allow me to work and like work in that type of space. And I was like, all right, real estate it is. I didn't know how to get in the investment side at first. So I was like, I know I can go get my real estate license. I know I can start there. And I was thankful that my first gig was with a builder. So they taught me everything I needed to know about land. They taught me what it means to be a good parcel, something that's desirable. Um, and then when it got to the point where there was no more forward progression, they weren't taking me serious in a way that, okay, not only is she gonna just go buy, go find land for us, but she also can sell houses for us. They weren't, they weren't helping me move along. And I, I wasn't making it. It felt like it was such a, a struggle and I was just like always just like chasing a check and I could never get never get ahead. And I was like, dude, I can't live in the rat race forever. I watched my my parents do that. Like, I know it's it's a different route. And, you know, I had been introduced to wholesaling in college as well. Never took, you know, just kind of let it oh, slide on by. And it just got to the point where I was like, okay, I got to take efforts in my own hands. And the things that I ended up like it was, I bought this course and the course taught wholesaling and it's taught trading. And it was crazy. I was already in the real estate space and I was like, you know what? This is my niche. This is where, this is the lane I'm going to stay in. And when I really wanted to commit to something, I, I can, I usually am pretty good about it. So I was like, you know what? We're going to figure it out. <laughs> that's and that's where I'm at still figuring it out all right this is a random question but I only thought about this I should have been asked it what so like what where does Kuar where does that come from like the name uh it's check check hmm, interesting yep yeah that's the first time I've ever come come across that nice mm -hmm. nice yeah, I wish they just would have cut the C and just did K-U-H-A-R because yeah. it is so common. You know, I mean, in the English language, the C-H is ch, of course. Yeah. 
we're gonna think that. But so uh obviously found your path, found your lane. Mm -hmm. What do you like the most about you know what do you do now as far as like with investments in real estate? I one, I have to shout this out as it is not the most important thing, but work being able to work from anywhere. Right now, as long as I have my phone and I have my laptop, I can do this forever. And I appreciate the freedom a little bit more where it's like I'm not forced to I need to show up here and be there at a certain time. Um, I love that. But in regards to where I'm at now and what I love doing, I love that there's no cap. You know, there's no, no one is putting a, a cap on, on, on what I can earn. Um, I also love to just, this is a network and a relationship building yes. industry. <laughs> and so I'm really learning how to do that, how, what it means to build, you know, authentic, true connections and people to add to my network, you know. I feel like I've just barely grazed, grazed the surface. And, and from what I've seen so far, I, I just want to keep keep moving. I just, like I said, I kind of got into it off of an emotion. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then it's like you listen to these people who have hundreds of, of rentals. They have um, apartment complexes. You know, they are a true investor. They are They are holding some type of property. That's how you create generational wealth. Yeah. It's got to start somewhere. So that cash flow quadrant. What is it? Employee, self-employed, business owner, and investor. And Maddie's like that. That investor part. That sounds like it has my name on it. <laughs> and I didn't know that. That's what I mean. It's so crazy. Just like when you kind of just surrender a little bit to the process and just let things happen for you it things really do work out and i've had to learn a lot of patience it doesn't happen overnight and i have to be okay with hey maybe i don't have an answer today or i won't have it tomorrow but i keep looking for a solution i'm gonna come up with that solution whether it's two weeks from now or a month you know it it, it eventually works out so i've just had to be okay with things not being on my timeline, but they still will happen. Yeah, that makes sense. So, all right, I am curious about this. So I already highlighted in the intro how, you know, you're a pretty well-read individual. So uh, this is a kind of a two-part question. First, how many books have you read this year? And then the second one is, what is like one lesson or one book that you feel like has really moved the needle for you this year, either as a person or for your business? Okay. Um, gosh, I have some of the books I've read in front of me. <laughs> I know I haven't read up to 10, but I've probably read between like right now it's like six and six and eight books. Yeah. So seven. Um, he said, well, so seven. Seven. Yeah, we'll do seven. Um, Honestly, like Atomic Habits is like something that's like really sticking out to me um, when it comes to like what's moved the needle. Mm -hmm. I can't quote it, but I know that 
consistency leads to compound interest and figuring out new triggers for myself when it comes to me not falling into old habits like put this down you know rather than when you're bored instead of picking that up do something that's more of a money-making activity or something that's going to help you personally actually get the like journal out you know so it would just be yeah consistency leads to compound interest Hmm. that's nice i mean it's funny as you say that because I definitely need to read that book. That I've heard great things about James Clear's Atomic Habits. Great book. Yeah. Right now I'm reading uh How to Win Friends and Influence People by uh Dale Carnegie. Okay. Yeah. I don't have it though. Yeah. You should check it out. It's it's pretty good as far it's a slow read, but I'm reading the physical book because I listened to the audio book and it was good, but I don't know. The physical book just hits different for me. Yeah, it just I, hits a lot different for me. I have to, I read everything like physically. I, I comprehend better. And especially, you know, when you're able to highlight. Oh, underline stuff. Go back and figure out, okay, yeah. Re- let me recall that. Let me actually implement that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So what is one piece of advice or what is some advice that you would give to someone that wants to get into your industry? I would just tell them to take the leap. You know, you'll figure it out as you go. We're not going to have the answers, but what you don't know today, you're going to be teaching tomorrow. Hmm. All right. So what do, you, what do you don't know today if you teach tomorrow? I like that. I like that. I like that. All right. So, dang, I feel like I've pretty much asked everything. Um, so I guess we're going to get into our game because I've asked you like most of the questions I've already wanted to ask you. So the game that we're going to play today to end our show is rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask you a set of questions, mm-hmm. right? And I want you to just say the first thing that comes to mind, all right? So the first question is if you could have one book, one TV show, and one meal on a secluded island, what would it be? Okay, so show is going to be Queen of the South. The book is going to be The Untethered Soul. And meal, I'm going to have to go with enchiladas. Hmm, nice, nice. Who Who's The Untethered Soul by? Oh, I got... This was the best book I've ever read. Michael oh. A. Singer. I great book. Like it just it allows you to like really break through just like limiting beliefs. It's a hmm. whole mindset shift and love it. Like it's one of those you have to reread multiple times throughout and you're gonna pick up something new every single time. And you put me on some games. See? I told you guys, Will Red, she's putting me on game, and I've been reading a lot more this year. All right, so when you think of real estate, what's the first word that comes to mind? I was thinking, I thought strategy. Nice, nice, I like that, I like that. If you had your own show on HGTV, what would it be called? You know what I'm talking about, like the home channel? <laughs> like if you had your own show on it, I just thought this was fun. What would it be called? Like, what, like, what would you have it about? I guess. 
Well, probably construction. I, I want to have a real estate or a construction company one day called Her Construction. So mm-hmm. maybe just something highlighting that. I, I don't, I would say that. Mm-hmm. Her Construction. Okay, that sounds like a cool show. Kid, kid. All right. If you could get on a 15-minute phone call with any entrepreneur or business owner you don't already know personally, who would you call? Grant Cordon. Nice. Makes sense. Real estate, Grant Cardone. Okay, I feel you. All right. What's the one thing you never leave the house without and you can't say your phone? Never leave the phone money. Like a card or something like that. Okay. All right. This is a bonus question. This is just random. I just curious to see what you're going to say. Would you rather go a week without your cell phone in a foreign country or, you know, be on a deserted island for a month? A week in a foreign country with no phone. Because you like, it's only a short amount of time. Well, I feel like I did that when I went to Nicaragua on that, on the oh. trip with my church. And it me not being there's no service you're forced to be present and that was something that i've been missing is actually being more in the moment and not focused on what's going to happen in in a month today you know i i loved that like get rid of the phone and actually be in your reality not someone else's fake reality it's nice nice all right, so that is all we have for this week's episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Make sure you check out the next episode on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Jack Onovan. And I will also put Maddie's info in the bio as well. And, you know, if you want to check out my book, you can do that as well. And that's all. LAI. Hey, hey.